Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 292, and today we're going to take a look at what is called accounting liquidity. But before we dive into that, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual, you guys are awesome. We love to see you here. So a big shout out to Virginia, Oklahoma, California, Texas, New York, Pennsylvania, British Columbia, Illinois, Florida, Oregon, New Jersey, Georgia, West Virginia, Colorado, Indiana, Massachusetts, Arizona, Ohio, Minnesota, Alabama, Washington, Nebraska, District of Columbia, DC, AK the Swamp, Utah, Mississippi, North Carolina, Kansas, New Hampshire, Tennessee, Rhode Island, Louisiana, Nevada, Maryland, New Mexico, Idaho, Michigan, Iowa, Alberta, New Brunswick, Ontario, Wisconsin, Manitoba, Connecticut, sorry, Connecticut, <laughs> Hawaii, Newfoundland and Labrador, uh, Nova Scotia in terms of countries, the United States, good old USA, Singapore, Canada, the Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, Australia, the Netherlands, India, China, South Africa, Niger, uh, let's see here, Slovakia, Japan, Denmark, the Federated States of Micronesia, Uzbekistan, the Philippines, Hong Kong and Bangladesh. Good to see all of you there. So we're going to talk briefly about what is called accounting liquidity. So an accounting liquidity or accounting liquidity is a measure of the ability of a debtor to pay their debts as and when they fall due. It is usually expressed as a ratio or a percentage of current liabilities. Liquidity is the ability to pay short-term obligations. So this greatly impacts small businesses and large biz- businesses as well because if you own or operate a place of business you have liquidity whether you like it or not you have liquidity that's just how it is in terms of calculating liquidity for a corporation with a published balance sheet there are various ratios used to calculate a measure of liquidity these include the following the current ratio is the simplest measure and calculated by dividing the total current assets by the total current liabilities a value of over 100% is normal in a non-banking corporation mm i think you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt i think it depends on your balance sheet and your your, your budgets and things like that um the quick ratio is calculated by deducting inventories and prepayments from current assets and then dividing by current liabilities giving a measure of the ability to meet current liabilities from assets that can be readily sold a better way for a trading corporation to meet liabilities is from cash flows rather than through asset sales i'm not so sure about that either because i think it depends on what exactly the business that you're in and how much volume that you do Now here's the thing the operating cash flow ratio can be calculated by dividing the operating cash flow by current liabilities this indicates the ability to service current debt from current income rather than through asset sales so here's the thing a lot of people do not know how to calculate liquidity because i you know i'm going to say this I've said this before there are so many people that they use um excel and then there's another program But way too many people in the accounting world they use Excel and I'm not a fan of Excel because I think it encourages people to be ignorant because I think so many things are automated that people don't really know what they're inputting excuse me into a spreadsheet and here's another thing I'm not a big fan of doing large spreadsheets I think they need to be separated out and the reason why is because if there's too many people accessing the same document that is just welcoming so many problems and mistakes. 
So my personal opinion is that we should not be using Excel. We need to use, uh, I was going to say, accounting software, but we need to use software that's specifically for accountants. It's for the accounting world. Excel is not for accountants. Although many accountants and people that want to be accountants, they use the software program Excel and they overutilize it, and it has so many problems. I'm not a fan of Microsoft. Um, I think it's overutilized. I think it has. I think the corporation of Microsoft has way too much power. And I don't think it's a good thing to do. I just, I, I don't have a very good opinion of it because I've seen so many issues with it. And my personal opinion is that so many people they they want to kind of act like they know it all in regards to Excel and they they have their favorite formula and things like that. But here's the thing: if you don't really understand formulas, or if you don't really know what numbers you're putting in, then that formula is not going to mean anything to you. My personal experience is that the more people rely on Excel. The more ignorant they are, like the more they don't understand their liabilities, their debts, they don't understand their inventory because they are relying on something that it's just kind of face value numbers, and I don't like that. I mean, is Excel good in a pinch? Yeah, but it's not the be all in all, and it's not for accountants. It's not for accounting departments, and it's not. It was never made for accounting firms. But you'd be surprised how many people use Excel. And I think that is a tremendous problem because so many people can access that that spreadsheet unless you lock it. Very many people do not lock or password protect their Excel spreadsheets. They just put them up in a cloud, and then anybody can access it. That drives me crazy with that because me personally, I don't like people accessing my work because I I also think that the more people have access to your work. The harder it is to prove your productivity, and then you take a risk of not getting a bonus or a raise or keeping your job. That's another thing. Employers love it whenever employees they, they can do each other's job because then they don't、uh, want to give people raises. So if anything, you need to make sure that your skill sets are not shared by anybody, and that your job belongs to you because that guarantees you job security. I know from living in an at-will state that you you want to believe that your job is secure, but that's not always the case because employers love it when they have employees that quote wear multiple hats. If you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know that I can't stand that phrase because the more hats you wear, the more you don't do one job really well. You do multiple jobs, kind of mediocre or lousy, and you're not going to get a raise. Typically, you're not going to get promoted. Your employer is just going to suck you dry of your labor, and eventually you're going to get burned out. And then your employer will be like, "Hey, how come you're burned out?" It's like, "Well, you used me. <laughs> you used me."、Um, but many employers don't see it that way. They see it as, "Well, you know, you should just be grateful to work here."、And、it's like, "Okay, yes, I'm grateful to work here, but that doesn't mean that you have permission to use me for my labor." That's that's what I'm getting at here. So I just want to be clear about that because even something as simple as accounting liquidity、um, can become a rabbit hole whenever you are using the wrong software to do that type of job. And I'm sure I'm probably going to get feedback from accountants or people that you know work in bookkeeping and they overutilize Excel. And you know I I will ask them one question if they contact me. I will ask them, Have you ever lost a spreadsheet? And if so, how did you recover all that data? See, here's the thing. A lot of people don't realize how much they overly rely on Excel until they lose all of their work. It's not saved anyplace else, and no one else understands how they got those numbers. That's the problem. 
whereas when you have a software that is specifically for accounting or it is specifically for uh, i would say construction inventory like you need software that is specific for your industry and for your department there are so many companies and even nonprofits that are switching over to i would say databases and software programs that are more geared towards IT here's the thing There are so many companies they are trying to combine the accounting department and IT departments and we hate it. <laughs> IT people are lazy, slothful, no good in accounting. They they are kind of good at IT, but even then it's like pulling teeth to get them to do their job and to do it well because how many times have you submitted a IT ticket and the IT person did not take you seriously? And they they didn't really want to fix your computer or get, or just get you a new computer. That's been my experience uh, with IT people. They are not the cream of the crop, but they act like they are. Well, those are the last people that you want having access to your financial data or your balance sheets, especially if you're going to have an internal or an external audit. IT people, they are not the most ethical. If anything, they are some of the least ethical people I have ever met in my life, and I was very surprised by that because these are people that handle our data. and that that very much concerns me with that so th- there is a lot that goes into accounting and having ethics and morals and values and you have to be careful what software programs you use and you have to be careful which department are you having uh examine the financial data if it has anything to do with numbers or accounting it needs to be in the accounting department it just has to be IT doesn't get it they never have they never will and you know there is um one contract i almost got but did not get it and i was actually very grateful for it um they they were having their accounting department learn sequel sequel is not an accounting software program it's not it's not a accounting platform it's it well this particular company i'm not going to say their name um They wanted to put the burden of SQL on the accounting department because the IT people weren't doing their job and they were not doing it well. So instead of firing those people and getting better people, they they moved some of IT's responsibility over to accounting because accounting or accountants, I should say, we are really good at what we do. We're not lazy, we're not slothful, and we hold ourselves to higher standard. Well, this employer, they just wanted us to wear multiple hats. As usual, especially in an Apple state they want us to wear multiple hats and that's not um that's not how you run a good company that's not how you treat your employees with dignity and respect that they deserve because i think that if you're having your employees wear multiple hats so to speak like taking on all these different projects and you're not paying them for all those individual jobs you are a thief as an employer and you're robbing your employee of a salary and that is where it gets really irritating to me because there's so many employers they think that if you work for them that you should just be grateful and that your employer can do whatever they want to your paycheck your benefits or they can change up your job and just totally screw you over on that and make it seem like you don't know what you're doing when you actually do it's just that they are overloading you with things that were never a part of the original job description which again goes back to we've talked about this in an earlier episode we've talked about how um job descriptions have changed where now they add that stupid wording where it says this is not a full detailed description of all the job responsibilities yada 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 kind of thing Well, that is a cop out and it's a very cheap cop out 
of employers trying to get away with saying, "Well, this actually was a part of your job. We just didn't get specific in the job description." It's like, "Well, here's how I would handle that and how I handle it." It's like, "Well, if you were not specific about the job description, then I guess I wasn't completely specific about what I'm going to charge you for that in terms of my wages and my salary. So if you're going to have me do even more work, you need to pay me for that." And most of the time employers won't go for that because they don't like being called out on the shady stuff that they're doing and then they make it seem like the employee is the problem when it's actually the employer that is the problem. So it's kind of those things you have to take these things sometimes with a grain of salt and um just do your best to find a really good employer and if you don't work for someone um that is 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 good to you if you work for someone that is not good to you let me reword it that way then you need to be looking elsewhere for a job still do a really good job where you work but look for a better job and again look for a job that pays double or triple what you're currently making that way it's a way better investment like don't go don't sell for less than god's best like don't make le- less money or even the same money make more money that that's how you need to look at it every job is a stepping stone And you know, here's the thing, sometimes the only way that employers listen or they change their attitude towards their workers is when the worker says, "Hey, this is not okay. You cannot treat me like this." And I'm not talking about these lazy TikTokers that cry their eyes out, you know, in the back at like a Starbucks or something and you know, they're just upset because they are expected to do their job. It's not because they've had a hard day, although that can't happen when dealing with the public. I'm saying that I'm not talking about workers that don't even care to do their job and do it well. I'm talking about workers that actually do show up on time, they do their job, they do it well, but they are being mistreated by their employer. That's when you have the right to call your employer out on that and say, "Hey, I really love my job. I love working here, but there's there are things going on that are just not right. So can we please discuss these things and and move forward and work towards a more common goal?" And I don't always use the word common because it can sometimes equate to socialism, but in this case it is not. What I like about the phrase, um, "Let's work towards a common goal," that means that you want to work with them on a goal. that satisfies both of you. It's not just the employer and it's not just you, but you're coming together almost like a job offer. You're coming together to discuss the terms of that. Well, sometimes that happens throughout your job when an employer tries to add more responsibility to you, but they're not willing to pay you for that work. That's called thieving, and I hate that. It happens quite a bit in at in Atwell states. and i think that is biting some employers in the posterior and it should because i think more and more people are waking up to the fact that employers sometimes very much try and try and pull a fast one on workers and that's not right because that's not the role of the employer the role of the employer is to provide good stable steady employment and and that the work environment be safe as much as possible. And I say that because you know there's some jobs that are just in nature not very safe. Like if you are a highway patrolman or a police officer or a park ranger or if you're in the military or or if you work on an oil rig. I mean even sometimes plumbers get hurt. I mean that's just how it is. Like especially when they're working on like a city line. You know things like that. Some jobs are just they have a a more dangerous element to it, but even then there are safety protocols that need to be in place and that is the responsibility of the employer. whether it is in the private sector or the public sector. So it's very important that employers take that seriously because even with something like accounting liquidity, I know from working in accounting for many years, it is so easy to take on more responsibility and not realize, "Hey, you're being used." Because 
you know, women fall into this trap all the time in that we love tasks. We love to work. We really do. And sometimes that bites us in the posterior because we take on too much and we don't want to say no to someone. I know for me, sometimes it's hard for me to tell someone no. It's gotten easier over the years. But here's the thing. If you don't ever tell someone no, then they're always going to think that you're going to say yes. And then the moment you say no, that's when they get mad because you've been saying yes all this time. You know what I mean? So it's important to always be very clear about what the boundaries are for your professional life and your private life and also what you're willing to undertake at your job that is above and beyond your actual job responsibility. Now one way that I handle that is I go to my supervisor and I say, "Hey, someone has asked me to do XYZ. It's not within the normal realm of my job description or within my daily activities. Is this something you want me to do? Is this okay to do?" And then you let your supervisor handle that cuz most of the time my supervisor says, "No, I don't want you doing that." <laughs> cuz most people come to me because they know I'm really good at what I do. And I'm good at a lot of things, and so they think, well, she's good at it. So why don't we just ask her? Because this other person who's supposed to be doing it, they're not any good. Well, that defeats the purpose of holding that bad worker, um, basically not holding them accountable. So that's why it's not good just to move job responsibilities onto other people. You actually need to give those job responsibilities to the person that is supposed to be doing that job. And if they don't do that job, or if they don't do it well. or they don't care to do it then it's not someone that you should be employing. I think that would be obvious but there are some employers um that they, they uh they can't keep the good because they don't get rid of the bad. And that is such a problem and then employers complain and they say, "Oh, well people are just job hopping." It's like, "Well, no, that's not always the case. Most people if they had a good stable job and if they liked where they worked and they knew that they were appreciated, they wouldn't leave." Like I know for me personally, like whenever I'm working with a client, even if they're just slightly difficult, I will continue to help them and work with them if I know that they appreciate my work and and that we have common ground. But if someone doesn't appreciate my work and we do not have common ground, it makes it very difficult, not impossible, but makes it very difficult to get the task done because they're not being rational. They're not being normal. Um, you know, I know that you know we're going to have differences of opinion like we're going to be in different political parties and sometimes that comes up whenever it is a election year whether it's for the congress or the presidency or even just you know city council things like that but regardless of where we stand on whatever it may be you know whether it's religion or politics you know to me the workplace is exempt from all that and that's how it's supposed to be but you'd be surprised how many employers in bible belt states the workplace is not exempt from that um craziness and it makes it very difficult to work for someone that um very much is pushy in that realm and i will say this um you know i i've had instances where i was talking to a fellow employee about some of the crazy stuff that democrats are doing out in in california and another employee pipes in and says oh we can't talk about politics and like she wasn't even part of the conversation like she just interjected herself i was like um yes we can it's called freedom of speech And what I really want to tell her was you're not part of this conversation cuz nothing that that what I was saying was wrong. It wasn't offensive, it wasn't like, "Oh, I I'm a Republican and you should be a Republican." You know, they already know I am a Republican capitalist. Like what else is new? Like people that work with me, I think that's very obvious what I am. And I don't care what people think about me cuz I know who I am and that's just how it is. What she was trying to do is obviously she's Democrat and she she did not like anything bad being said. 
um, about the Democratic Party or about what's going on in California, and I wasn't even saying anything bad. I was just saying a fact that more and more people are leaving California and they're, so say they're immigrating. <laughs> they are moving to Oklahoma and Texas because the Democrats have ruined California and Oklahoma, or not Oklahoma, but um, California used to be a Republican state. And California is a beautiful state, and I love you guys out there. You guys are awesome. Um, but I can always tell whenever I'm working with someone that's a Democrat because they will never admit that the Democratic Party is ruining that state and that's ruining the state of New York and pretty much any state that it takes over, like Colorado. Colorado used to be Republican until, guess what, so many people from California, they ruined California. So they moved to Colorado, which used to be a red state, and because so many people from California moved to Colorado, it became a blue state. So it's more and more liberal, and it's it's been very difficult for people to live there because the real estate, of course, has increased greatly because of stupid taxes. And then they have a crazy governor, and then they've had some crazy city council members and things of that nature. And I just think that's really sad. Uh, but anyway, um, this chick who's obviously a Democrat and, you know, didn't like me, I could tell, but I don't care. But she tried to silence my speech. And I was like, I'm not going to be quiet about this. I was like, it, this isn't political. This is a fact. People are leaving California, whether they're Democrat, Republican, they're leaving California because they can't afford it, because they cannot afford what the Democrats are doing there. And there is no enforcement of law, so the citizens are not even safe. You know, regardless of what state you live in, whether it's a red state or a blue state, it should be safe. Like, you know, the, the police should have the authority to enforce the law. But out in California and, and in New York and some other places, they want to defund the police. Well, if you defund the police, how can your citizens be safe? You know what I mean? And this chick, she got angry about it. And it ruffled her feathers. And it's like, okay, that is so typical of Democrats. and liberals and progressives and people that don't understand the economy, they don't understand currency, and they don't understand the Constitution of the United States of America. They want to silence people that they do not agree with. Well, that defeats the whole purpose of having life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that also defeats constitutional law. Like, it serves no purpose. Like, if you actually value someone, why would you want to silence them? And if you actually believe in the Constitution of the United States of America, then you would never want someone to be quiet just because you don't agree with them. And plus, she wasn't even a part of our conversation. <laughs> so, um, and plus, she's way younger. Um, and she, um, she, she's had some problems, that's for sure, and she's not really normal. But, um, I mean, I try and give people the benefit of the doubt, but I'm not going to back down when it comes to my rights. You know, just because someone disagrees with me, that doesn't mean that, that they are correct, and it doesn't mean that I am automatically wrong just because they get their feathers ruffled. And I also think, you know, hey, don't interject yourself into a conversation that doesn't include you and then get offended. <laughs> so um, I think she was in a mood and just wanted to act like she knows it all when she doesn't. And I think that will um, I think that will come back to bite her on that one, because I think that whenever you go along with progressivism and inclusivism, um, you will definitely see your country fail. And I think more and more people are waking up to that here in the United States. And I think they're getting sick and tired of what the what the crazy Democrats are doing. And I say crazy Democrats because not all Democrats are crazy. In fact, many Democrats, like the moderates and the more conservative Democrats, um, they're not crazy. It's just that we never hear from them because their party has been taken over by these liberal progressives that just spout these horrible things like, you know, anti-Jewish things and 
and being uh, against um, heterosexual marriage and things like that. And I think people are getting sick of that because it's really messing up our young people. It's really um, messing up our schools. And there, there are many young people that are graduating high school. They're not even completely literate. They don't know how to write their name, but yet they can't stand their country. I don't think that's a very good way to raise someone, you know, just my personal opinion. But I think it would be obvious that it's better for people to, to love their country, excuse me, and to be literate and to understand what they are reading and writing and also be able to write their name, not just scribble it. And what I've heard from people lately is that more and more schools are bringing back penmanship because kids don't even know how to write. It's like, wow, reading and writing used to be basic, but I guess um, the liberal left thought that reading and writing was not important. And if you think about if you don't know how to read and write, um, you, you really don't know what your rights are. That's just kind of how it is. But just think about how, how the liberal left They want people to be ignorant, especially our young people, so that way they can use them and manipulate them. So I used to say, um, I think more and more of our young people, they need to grow up a lot quicker than, than normal because many of them are not growing up at all. Like they're just forever staying like ignorant, immature kids, but they're like 20-something-year-olds. And now some of them are graduating, so to speak, into their 30s, and they've like never really grown up. Like they don't know how to be a responsible adult And I think that's very sad because when you are a responsible adult, you actually have a way better life and a more successful life because you know that your life belongs to you and you, you basically do what you can to be successful and you enjoy your life. That's just kind of, that's just kind of how I view it. But, you know, you know, what can I say? I believe in life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And you'd be surprised how many people are offended by that, even in a so-called red state, even a so-called at will state. You'd be surprised how many people are not for um, others having rights, although they think they should have rights. They just don't believe in other people's rights, which is really sad. Um, but again, you'd be surprised um, how many people in the Bible Belt states don't even read the Bible. Um, and they're not really even attending church or believing in the goodness of God. It's like, well, we are supposed to be one nation under God, like we're supposed to be a Christian nation. We are supposed to be a nation that worships God. I mean, otherwise, you're going to be worshiping anything and everything that just kind of floats in the wind. And that's not a very stable country or economy. So let's not do that. Let's get back to the basics and really support and love our country. I will go ahead and end it there for this lovely podcast. But as usual, to next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy, and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye.
Yet no one hears us speak So it's only left to ask It's changed to quite a task From the smallest depths Waves transform the earth 